This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. How you doing in quarantine, you crazy? I, I crazy, <laughs> crazy kid. Yeah. Uh, doing, doing well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's sort of this weird feeling of just time sort of stopping, but then surging ahead on, on certain things and other things are just, uh, I'm around the same people a lot. Oh, it's yeah? uh, a whole new world. <laughs> Is everybody getting along? It's like, uh, yeah. you guys are in the house and just, yeah, we are, we're, uh, in the throes of some homeschooling and, um, and yeah, just it's uh, it's like a co-working space. We have to be mindful of everybody's WebEx and Zoom calls and, you know, bandwidth issues when we're all on video calls. It's it's kind of amazing. Yeah, that's uh, I, I have well, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm in isolation here, you know, and it's I, I think, you know, for the first month, uh, I found that I was just eating when I was bored and now I'm too bored to eat. I just like all all food just feels like Groundhog Day. You know, like, God, am I eating that again? Didn't I have that yesterday or a month ago or something? <laughs> I don't know. But I, but I will say, I'm working on the book. I finally am working. You know, actively working, and that gives me uh, something to procrastinate every day, which is perfect to have a thing that I could not be not. doing that has to be done. Right. <laughs> so I'm on deadline, and uh, but that's good. It's it's uh, gratifying to have something to f- work on. I think during this. Period. Or not work on. Or not work on, yes. <laughs> or loom over your head. Yeah. Um, so I know that we're in quarantine here, but it's always important to have guests with us. And I know. I'm so excited for today. Well, you know, so I'm looking around Instagram. I'm always interested in discovering photographers who I didn't know that uh, my photographic friends seem to know and enjoy their work. And, and uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago. I guess I've started following Nina... I don't know, a month or so ago, and just really was, uh, I think it was Jason Langer follows her work, and that always is a strong vote of confidence for me. And so I, I, <laughs> I started looking through her photographs, and just, they really resonated for me. And so I sent her kind of a, a message out of the blue saying, would you like to join us? And Nina Kling, this is Suzanne, Suzanne Nina. Thank you so much for having me. Where are you? <laughs> I'm in New York City. How is it there? Quiet. Hmm. It's been very quiet. I mean, the city is quiet. Uh, it's um, I'm I'm with my two college age children that are home. Oh, how's that? How's that going? <laughs> <laughs> we're all in our. We're all trying to be on our best behavior. Um, <laughs> they don't want to be home. No. Um, well, yeah. And then online schooling is tough. And um, we haven't really left the house wow. for most of the time. Okay, well let's let's go to happier <laughs> topics. Um, your, your photography is is wonderful. I really love it. And um, you're a, f- a fine art photographer. Is that how you spend your time? Yes, I'm. I guess 
fine art street photographer, which is, I'm not a documentary photographer, I would say, even so it is kind of documenting. Um, but it's, I mean, it's funny you said Jason Lange is following you. I mean, he's actually one of the people that made me see the world differently. And I took his workshop about three years ago. And I just, I actually listened to his um, podcast and I texted him. And um, it, it was amazing. And it really, it was, it was seeing light and shadow in the world in a different way after he took his workshop. And I actually was a flower photographer before that. What does that mean? I photograph flowers. Uh-oh. And then <laughs> flowers. Yeah, okay. Just making sure and I got then, that. Um, mm-hmm. and Professionally? Or was this something that no, was just a passion it, project? Or? It, it was, it, photography has been a passion and it's become an obsession and really a full-time, mm-hmm. um, full-time job. job. Um, but I only started street photography about two, three years ago. Maybe three years ago. After Where that I've linger, been, after the workshop, yeah. interesting. It absolutely changed the way I saw. I, I mean, I totally get that. I, I've not taken any class. I've never even met Jason Langer, but I've um, had his photographs around, or I've seen them as he was kind of coming up, and he's about my age, and and so I was watching his his photography, and it always resonated with me. It's, it was so amazing. I did not realize it was create that he was creating almost characters and a narrative it wasn't documentary it felt documentary to me and just right. very uh uh very storybook but but it, so it warmed me to see that he was creating it purposefully and and i feel that in yours it's like there's a mystery in your pictures and um particularly the juxtaposition work that you i, I is that a new project what you the duologues the duologues. So the duologues started about six, eight months ago. And I mean, it came kind of out of the idea of, I was trying to figure out why, what is, what draws me to going out on the street and why do I photograph what I photograph? And that is very much of like Jay said, like, why do you go out? And so it ended up that I'm attracted to these details, these shadows, people kind of in the everyday um movements kind of while they're going along and I just shoot along I'm fairly close most of the time but then they became these kind of archetypes of people so it it became so there was the smoker there's the guy with the hat there is a certain detail there's this repetition that I noticed that I'm always attracted to and then um I kind of went and organized them to create this other story Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the combination of the two is different kind of rhyming. And I go home and it's almost like a memory game that I play in my head. So I see a <laughs> photograph that I like and then I go, oh, you know, what, what kind of would work with that? And it's not always so easy. Yeah. Um, they're very deliberate in terms of how they're paired. So sometimes they're paired. It could be a shape. It could be a negative space. It could be... Um, a rhyming of a gesture it could be some very small detail and I'm, I've looked at a lot of Ralph Gibson's work which I mean he he likes to pair mm-hmm. and and so it became this 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 other story that that happened when you pair two images Could and you so just, yeah so I think, yeah 
I was just going to say, could you describe maybe one of your favorites? Um, so just kind of like talk us through the photos and talk us through what the connection, um, what the connection is to you. I think of kind of the easiest visually to, to see the connection is there is um, a sailor where the, the stripe of the um, collar in the back kind of rhymes with the stripes of the building. So that's a very graphic, it just so happens that the stripes in the, um, in the, um, color mimics the building Mm -hmm. but then I kind of go back and I looked and I shot this woman with the striped shirt on the crosswalk and so then it becomes this story of the sailor and the woman but neither one of them you see a face so then you can create your own story yeah and so some of them are easy to catch I think the sailor and the stripe that's easy some of them are much harder because it's um might be um just a color I, I yeah. got to say, I love the idea of describing it as a rhyme. I mean, that, that is not a term that people use, uh, that they apply in photography. And as I pr- have been working on sort of my relationships with haiku and, and some of these, uh, uh, the, the Zen arts, there is this poetry, there is, but to use literary forms, to describe it in terms of literary forms is unusual in a way, but it's exactly the right word. As soon as you said it, I knew what you meant and it was the right, it was the right kind of way to describe it. Um, so yeah, I mean, is that, did you come up with that? Is that a Langer thing? Like I've never even heard that before. So I've been taking this, I've had this mentor for a couple of years and it's a group of students and we meet once a week in Brooklyn. And I, I kind of love learning because I'm kind of a self-taught photographer. Meaning I have no formal education. I mean, I have a background in architecture. I have a fine art background, but I really have no photographic education. So at some point I got very obsessed with photography and I wanted to, I was almost so thirsty to learn about the technical part. And so I found this teacher at ICP, um, Christopher Giglio, and he gives this class, and it's called the Grammar of Photography, and it was um, it's kind of based on Sarkowski's um, The Photographic Eye. And you start with these assignments that you have to find the thing itself. You have to, for the next week, find a grid in, in, in a street. And you can do your own projects, so some people do landscape. And I started to really focus in on street photography. And so it became this very concrete, instead of judging your own photos, just kind of, is it a good, it's subjective, you don't, you're not quite sure. So he had all of a sudden this system, which he didn't make up, but you could apply something to your photography that, that was much more concrete. And it was focusing on one piece at a time. And so the more you absorb this photographic language, the more it becomes part of your visual imagery. So you, when you go out, like, why do you shoot a certain way? It, it just becomes part. Like, I used to, I mean, we laugh about this. I used to try to clone out these pieces that would come in on the edges and simplify. And now I look for these pieces that make it so much more layered and interesting. But it's a whole big development that that occurs. I'm surprised you weren't... Uh... I mean, I looked at your background, and it seemed like you had a fine art training. But I guess it—I didn't dawn on, it didn't dawn on me that that wasn't a photographic history. It's, it's like Suzanne—you studied art, right? 
you'd been doing flowers. What were the flower pictures like? Why, why were you doing that? And what, what were they? What I think was the because rationale? they were very patient models. <laughs> <laughs> and they were available. And it, was, it gave me a lot of time to figure out my manual settings and, and, and kind of breathe. It became this meditational space to be in. And my kids were little. And so if I would have 30 minutes, flowers are always available. Mm-hmm. And so the the... the but it really gave me a good understanding of of how, you know, to use my camera. Do you know that Georgia O'Keeffe quote? I hate flowers. I paint them because they're cheaper than models and they don't move. No, it's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the wind is a little bothersome when you do, you know, macro photography. But, but I also then, yeah, so... So I have a fine arts background, but it was in interior architecture. Then I, I got a master's um, in architecture at UCLA. And then really for 10 years, I was painting. I was doing watercolors. I, I, I was creative. But at some point, I realized that I really, my paintings were never as good as the photographs I painted from. And I said, you know, forget about painting. I'm just going to stick with photography. And then it kind of <laughs> took So, yeah, you, you mentioned that. Jason Langer sort of helped you see things differently and that this uh, kind of coursework that you've engaged in um, taught you how to kind of make the images. How did you learn to edit? How did you learn what is a good image to you? It's a very hard process. I think editing is one of the hardest things, especially your own work. Um, Printing, I will print sometimes 100 photos so we, so with my with my mentor, we will figure out these are hundred photos. Let's just print them, and we will put them all up. Yeah, and then you kind of go through them, and you you very quickly see, you know, what this is not working. This sometimes you, I take a photo on the street, and you get this feeling in your heart. I mean, races, and you get so excited about this photo, and then you come home and you print it. Sometimes it's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More often, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. But you don't really see that until you print it. Yeah. Why is that? I mean, I I totally believe that, but I have trouble explaining what it is about a print that why it's so important to see it printed and aside from the other rationale about printing, but like why does it look different? Like why does it look like it's great on the screen and then you print it out and you think, "Well, hmm. it, I mean, the screen is deceiving because it's backlit." So in order to get your photo look somewhat like the print that you see, if you like something on your computer, it, it is nothing like that when you print it. So the contrast is really the right the right way. I think it's initially disappointing. So you, you have to work through what you want the print to look like. And then um, I think when it's up on the wall, and you see it, you, and you step back, and you let it sit. I have, I have this magnetic pin wall. I have nothing up right now, hmm. but where I will keep them pinned up for a while and let them just be there, and and look at them. And after this, like, uh, you know, maybe that combination doesn't work as well. I will have the pairs up for a while, and then you know, maybe I print something else. And it, it just. Do you ever put like the picture or, or not like the picture until it's juxtaposed? I mean, is there sometimes you rejected it and then when you found another yes. one, it's not until you find its 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 rhyming pair that you like it more. So it's not it can't stand alone maybe, but it doesn't need to if you've got the its partner. 
Does that make sense? It's right, codependent. So I have, right, so, right. There, there is a, a weird, and sometimes I'm in love with a pair, and then a month later, I'm not so much in love anymore. <laughs> I fall out of love. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it felt really right at the time, but then, so the pairing is an interesting, it's like, it's like this very um, organic, and then I, I, I sometimes say, you know, do you think I will like this pair in a year? You know, will I have other photos that I feel are stronger that might be a better pair? You know, so I think it will, it, I think if it can stand the test of time, that will be a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost and like you throw them out. Like you I throw will, them away. No, I mean, throwing. I mean, I take them off and I take them off my gallery and I switch them out. I mean, I don't throw them out, but <laughs> I guess um, yes, I I, I I remove them from 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 my pairings. It's almost like your pictures or your uh, photographs have relationships of their own. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. they fall in love, then they go. Sometimes they find another partner. Sometimes <laughs> then you love yes. them back. Sometimes they move on. Sometimes they go, you know, they found they found their lobster and then they're done. Um, but other times you like you bring them back into circulation. What is the largest amount of time that has passed between one photograph that you've taken and then you you play this memory game and you pair it with something that maybe you've just shot? Um, I think the oldest photo in the pairing is maybe two years old. So it's kind of a veteran pair. Like, <laughs> and then so, then I might swap it out with a new photo. And I feel the longer I photograph, I look for different things in my photographs. So now I've been shooting a lot more color. Mm-hmm. So then the question is... You know, some people tell me I shouldn't mix color in black and white. I feel, why not? Mm-hmm. And I'm like a good okay rule. with it. Sounds like a good rule to right, break. Right. Right. <laughs> so there will be pairs that are black and white in color. Usually there are two colors or there do two black and whites. But I don't want to limit that a black and white in a color can't be paired. Yeah. Um. So so my newer mo- my newer models my newer photographs are um, mostly color. Interesting. Do you concept what you're going to shoot before you shoot? Or do you just kind of go out with uh, open eyes? I never concept because the only thing I concept in order to, because New York is such a big place to like, where do you go? Mm-hmm. I look at the light in the morning. I have certain favorite places I like to go and revisit because I know at what time the light will fall on a person's face the way I like it. So I'm very conscientious of weather, light, time of the day, and certain locations. But that doesn't mean that I will not on certain days just take the subway and just take take me wherever I feel like I should go that day. Mm-hmm. But there is a certain, I mean, I try to eliminate some unknowns because otherwise there's so much to um, focus on. Too many it's, variables. Oh, it, it gets overwhelming. It's too, yeah. right, it's yeah. too many variables. So I try to narrow it down to, to just a few. And that's still enough. And then people ask me, so how do you, you know, how do you find these people? Or I said, unless you go out and shoot, you will not find them. So you have to go out mm-hmm. a lot of time. So... Uh, so a lot of photographers, particularly if they've made books or they're making photo books of some kind, go through an exercise where they recognize the power of juxtaposing 
uh, opposing pictures. They'll put something on the left page and the right page, and that process is an art form on, on its own that, that they are experiencing for the first time. You're taking that one step further back where it's not just part of the bookmaking process, but you, you're printing both images on a single sheet. Is that correct? And so you, but it's the same kind of work, but it, for you, it's more implicit in the photography, but it's still something that people who make photo books experience like, wow, it's really different when you put it next to this versus put it next to that. Right. So, is that right? So, right. But so there's the sequencing of the photographs in the duologue, but then there's also the sequencing in the actual series. So I actually not only care, so there's a certain randomness. So let's say I have something where I feel like it's very easy. It's kind of a quick read. And then I might just think, oh, that has some humor in it. And then I think, oh, this one is a color, but it, or it's, a, it's a negative um, space that rhymes. So there, there, there is also a thought out sequence within the actual, and I spend a lot of time and kind of even changing the sequence of the, the individual pairs. So it's not sure that it's one pair and then it's the next pair. Would you call that a story? I mean, are you building a long narrative or is it just, it's less structured than a story, but it does have to, each, this pairing needs to flow into the next pairing. There is a flow that I, in my mind, feel is, is the right flow. Maybe <laughs> no one else feels it. But but there there is a, a a kind of it's a very thought out process, and I mean part of it. I mean when 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 I looked up, um, you know the 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 the, the picking of things, it, the, the idea of synchronicity, which is a call. You know, so this whole idea of having these two events that happen at the same time, but then if you put them together, it becomes this other bigger story, and the same happens within the sequence of the photos that are to the right and the left of it. So it's like this kind of crazy sequencing. Hmm. I have to say I've flipped through um, when I was first looking at your work and I love the duologues. I just, I, I just find so much interest there in that juxtaposition. And I think they're very well done. Um, but I would go through, I think I probably went through like three times just right in a row. And what I loved is it felt like when I saw the first image again, it was like the there's a man that has is holding a bouquet of flowers. They almost look like maybe they're for a funeral. They're mm -hmm. that large and they're that big. And it's enough that he has to lift it so that it's kind of covering his head completely. And then to the right side, there's a man carrying a box. Right. Um, and that's like a black and white image. And it's what was interesting is like when I went through that the first time, I just love the two that, okay, they, you can't see their heads. They're both carrying things. And these are very different parts of life, different stories, um, literally moving times, both, both, both pieces. But then when I went through and then I ended and it was like the last image was like this, I think it was um, two men kissing. And then there's these birds. I'm going from memory. Um, these two men very kissing. Very good. I am very uh, impressed. She's and good. These, She's good. Yeah. Very impressive. Birds. But then it's like when I saw this, the yellow flowers again, I felt like one of them had passed away and then so then, then they were moving on and so it's like it was the, I love that you call out the importance of the sequencing because it's almost like I wanted to look at your book like your book should be in a circle you know it should have a circular spine and you just kind of flip through it like a continual like, like Rolodex but I, a nice idea <laughs> it's yours take it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> 
Um, let's see. Oh, oh, what, uh, you clearly uh, are interested in prints. Like it's printing is is an essential, fundamental part of your work. Do you have prints up on your like that you have like display that you keep up in your your home around you? Both by of your work, I'm curious what work of yours has made it to that point that it's on your own wall and uh, other photographers that you choose to raise to that level. So I don't actually have a lot of my, I have some of my older prints that were in a show and it was just kind of architectural. The duologues I, I'm working on, but I, I, I just recently, or maybe a while, my life, what I bought was a Susan Bernstein photograph. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the kind of mystical quality and she prints and everything about this piece of art. I mean, she makes these, I think she creates her own cameras. Mm. And then um, her work is incredible. And it's also Coney Island. So it felt very, she does a lot of New York scenes. Um, It's the mystical quality of the prints, the kind of, art piece of the finished product so when i sell a print i print it myself sometimes i actually frame it um because i don't like to give up the control of mm-hmm. how the finished print looks like but i feel like a lot of the black and white it's so hard and delicate and, and i'm not a master printer that's one area where i wish i'd be so so much better um but there's definitely a lot of thought and um, time spent to, to get the digital file to kind of match what I think the print should look like. It's, it's funny you say you're not a master printer. I, I as an aside, uh, had gone to PhotoFest a bunch of years ago, and I was very excited to show my work and have my portfolios reviewed. And that was one of the things that had been said to me was like, wow, you're... You're, they said nice things. You're a wonderful photographer. Have you ever seen your photos printed by someone who's any good? Was kind of the... <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? Oh, like, I hadn't even <laughs> dawned on me. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? I'm not a good Wait, printer? That, what, what are you saying? <laughs> yes, so anyway. You're saying they're not good. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, what I mean, so, said. But printing, but printing is, is a very... It's a very yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I would love to see like a master... Like whatever that master printer is. Uh, I, try, kind of see I, the, the, I tried to start a company to do that. I, I, I seem to have not found a big enough but market. But, but, yeah. it's, but it's hard, right, to get the vision of... Yeah. There's a lot more time spent on, on fine-tuning a file to get that print than I think people realize, the actual work that goes into it. Yeah. To really make it look the way... Um, what, what are your feelings on... Uh, I, mean, I know we're talking about printing and, and kind of getting it ready... To, to kind of get it out there so that you can see it on your wall and make the decision of it finding its partner. But what are your feelings on Photoshop? You said that you used to kind of clone out the edges, but you don't do that anymore. You actually look for that layering. Has has your perspective on Photoshop and using it changed? I'm actually, I have no problem with using Photoshop really? to get my, but this is where the fine art it kind of gives me the the the, the freedom yeah. to to manipulate an image to get the the black and maybe clone out some um, details that I don't think are important. 
Wow. So I don't I, I I will use Photoshop to um to manipulate the the file to to get where I I think the the photo should go. Hmm. Happily. Happily. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I I'm in your I'm in your school. Yeah, everyone's in your school. <laughs> you I feel, I'm so alone in this. I feel so alone. <laughs> I'm just like a but, ridiculous, but, like I'm an old man or something. It's like, it just... A purist. I, it, it's not so much a purist. I just feel like the Photoshop makes it more of a... Uh, definitely a piece of art, and but it's like an illustration where I feel like the, the cool thing about photography for me is that you caught that moment, that you saw that moment. And for some reason, if you change, if you start manipulating the objects, you see how much of it is caught, how much, like... Does it matter? I don't know. I don't know, but that's that's my issue. But but I it, I guess it depends. So if it's a more of a graphic photograph, so for example, the one holding the box, I mean the or the the couple, it's actually a man and a woman, mm. um, kissing. I mean it's very ambiguous, which mm. I, which I like. Um, it is so contrasty that. It, it loses that kind of detail anyway. So I have no problem in, in cloning out minor distractions out of a more graphic photograph. Yeah. Whereas if if um if you would look at my um and I happily sent you some of my newer ones, but I've become less of I I, I want the photo to be in the frame the way with minimal Photoshop. Just a contrast. So there, there is almost like two parts to it. There is the more, the more graphic where I feel like, you know what, once it's so black and white, it's fine. It's more graphic. It's clean. And then there is the, it's, it's clean up. It's, yeah. it's a very big clean up. <laughs> and then there is the more true street photography where I will not, I mean, I will darken it and I will, but I will not take it out. Yeah. So okay. the, the, I think there's two. Okay. That makes me happier. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like... And you know, if what is like one word that you would use to d describe your photos? One one word that sort of like makes your photos uniquely you. I think mysterious. Yeah, they are mysterious because I rarely show the person. Yeah. I mean, if you look, I mean, sometimes when I when I look at, I say, oh, there's too many faceless people. Like, I need to put a face in, and I'm not afraid to get close. And I'm happy to to shoot very close up. I and mean, there's the 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 one of the older lady with the cigarette. Cigarette, and, yeah, yeah. The I mean, I'm hat. so close, right? But there's still something mysterious. There's still the kind of hair and the the transparency, and th so there's still layers of of not seeing everything. I, see, I I love I love mysterious. I almost would say like mysterious. Edit that out. This is that's a terrible pun. <laughs> but I just mean like, please, that's terrible. But I mean, I think that there's so much story. I'm being genuine. I think that but there's I so much like story that. into it. I I love it. It's, I'm not taking it's, it out. It keeps me. <laughs> I like mysterious. <laughs> I'm gonna have a rolodex of mysterious photographs. <laughs> You're welcome. Is I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, credit. You will get credit. No Were the flower pictures mysterious? Were the flower pictures mysterious? 
<laughs> the all flower right. pictures. Right. I mean, you can actually look on my Instagram and you can see them. There is a Nina Clay flower photography um, Instagram. Okay. They're painterly. Oh. They're very painterly. I'm looking. They're. they're, they're <laughs> I was looking. <laughs> Nina, can you tell me about your first photo shoot? Like, what were you shooting? Um, were you shooting flowers? Or were you shooting your family? Were you shooting anyone? I'm really drawing a blank. First photo shoot. I mean, because I started with the flowers, but I mean, my family probably. I did my kid, like I shot my kid. I think when they were younger, they were willing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not willing anymore. <laughs> They're so, I, I'm like, oh, let's document our quarantine in New York. And I was yeah. like, mom, get away. Like, <laughs> what are you thinking? There's no, like, I look at these photos of people with their little children and in the light and the, the light is magically coming in and there's there's this sense of mystery. There There's none of this in my house right now. <laughs> none. <laughs> I mean, I actually, the, the, because I haven't been going out and I really miss the, the I mean, I love walking the streets mm-hmm. in in a photography. Yeah, in a yeah, yeah. got it, got it. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Maybe we should cut that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Nina um, says. So I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love, love, love just wandering the streets. And um, I really miss that. You know, that not being able to go outside. And so this morning I couldn't sleep and I got up at 5 a.m. And I said, you know what? I'm going out right now. And I left the house. It was dark. And I figured there won't be that many people. And it's a different kind of light. Not the light that I usually look for but they were very mysterious i mean nobody might ever see them but i mean it was nice to just get out yeah, yeah. i go out at sun I look before sunrise and catch the sun uh, before quarantine but like in in the olden right. days back in back in the olden days when we used to go outside <laughs> right, like four weeks ago yeah i i like su- like that pre-dawn emptiness of the streets and the light is it it mysterious it has a mysterious feeling and uh really fun really fun time to explore for photo walks as opposed people have this tendency to go take their pictures in noon you know bright sunny blue sky days and not that there's no mystery to it but it's almost it's it's a tough lighting situation and uh i don't know i yeah i should cut this out too you know <laughs> <laughs> there is you know I, I i felt that way initially but there is something about this really harsh light and when you kind of see people, I mean, and I really do that. I stand there and I kind of watch how the light falls on the people's faces, on how it does it create a silhouette, where does it kind of go? And I position myself in 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 how this light, and I also like lens flare. So I have where I shoot right into the light and um, have crazy lens flare. And I like that. Tell, I'm looking at your pictures and you're right. There's not a ton of faces. Do these people know they're being photographed? Are these people you, yes. you've talked to? You said, "Hey, do you stop them and say, do you mind if I take a picture?'" And get down on like, get get down low or like, never, never. How do you get? I these? mean, you sneak up on them. I don't sneak up. People see me. I'm very. I, I mean, I kind of blend in very nicely. I mean, I'm not particularly tall. I I, I just blend into. In, in New York, it's easy to kind of blend in with people. But I stand in the middle of the street and I what I like to I like to call it I like to corral people towards me. So I will look for a scaffolding or some kind of um, 
construction fence where they have to come towards me. So I try to direct them into my camera. And I will stand there, so I will look for the light first, and then I will look for some place where they have to come, where they're almost forced to walk by me, very close. And they will see me. Are they uncomfortable? Do so they I say something? I, Do they t- talk to you? Never. Sometimes I have conversations. Um, I've actually spent a lot of time last summer riding the Staten Island Ferry, and um, there's a lower part where there's not as many people and it's more commuters, so I end up talking more than I was taking photographs. So I love, love talking to people, but on the street where it's the kind of moment, I never do. And I don't ask. So you're not hiding, you're not talking to them, but they are still (laughs) strangers passing you and you're just grabbing pictures. Um, I love, I love the picture of the the guy with the hat in in the snow. Um, I, I loved it before I saw it's partner picture and then when i saw the pairing i loved it more it was a real interesting experience to see it initially on instagram before i went to your website it actually reminds me a little bit i'd love to see it paired with purple jones's <coughs> shot of, you know what i'm talking about of the cowboy in the snow oh yeah, yeah. it has that same feeling with his head down and and it's freaking cold you can just feel you feel that but i loved i, I love your picture um that's cool how you do that. And so the guy with the t- and, and the guy with the top hat reminds me a little bit of of Robert Frank's City of London. You don't see people in top hats right. much. He- well, the guy in the top hat, I have to say, it was last summer. I like the triangle on on the wall, so I, I just kind of saw that light, and so I stand there. I will stand there patiently for a long time and kind of see what happens. So it doesn't just happen that a person. So I might have stood there for about fifteen twenty minutes. And he came out of the building and made his phone call. And I'm thinking, what was it? Oh, which top hat? Oh, there's two. There's different top hats. There's a one from, oh, he was Easter Day Parade. Easter Parade. That's the many Easter famous. Parade. It's just great. You had a great moment, great lighting and all this scenario. And then a guy with a hat comes by. But I guess you, it was stacked in your favor. Well, there are, right. Easter Day Parade, there's a lot of people dressed up in historic costumes but on my instagram there's a guy with a top hat that's a straw top hat in a triangular shape Hmm. in the light and he walked out of the building that day i thought how is that even possible (laughs) i mean if you scroll down you'll probably find uh, it it's like it's a taller one like this one yep it was a Workday Midtown Manhattan on Fifty Seventh Street on some cross street, and I just stood there just because I liked the light. And he walked out of the building into that light <sighs> column of light. Into that light, where? But here's the funny thing: people like moth to light. Was a moth to light? No yeah. moth. Yeah, to, yeah moth, moth to, to light. Flame, but yeah, because when it's cold, people will stand in the sun. Mm-hmm. So you don't. It, it's really a, the psychology of it is very interesting. People will kind of look for that sunny spot. But he, yes, he was definitely, um, I couldn't believe when he walked out in that hat. But I talked to him and, and, and I sent him photos. I said, thank you so much. I, you know, I took a lot of photos of you and I love your outfit and your hat. And one thing I can, people, if they are afraid of, of kind of taking street portraits, I, if people get angry, I said, oh, why are you doing this? I said, you know what? You looked so beautiful in that light. You looked stunning. People are like, oh, can I come back? <laughs> so it, initially, and I shot up in Harlem. Initially, he was like, "Why are you taking those photos of me?" And I said, 
you looked beautiful and I love your hair. And I mean, if you compliment people, yeah, it is, it is it, all of a sudden there is this positive impact you have on people's life. It's, it's very interesting. Do you give them, do you have a card that's like, here, email me if you'd like a, a, a digital file. You send them a, a JPEG. Um, yep. I, I do. And usually I say, you know what, find me on Instagram and just tell me, um, you know, who you are and, and I, I will send you a photo. Interesting. Instagram is easy that way. Yeah, but you have cards, like business cards printed I up do. For, for communication. I do. Oh, that's nice. I do. I do. You, you know, we, I could talk to you all day. I mean, this is super cool. <laughs> do you have, Suzanne, you want, have any more, like, I mean, we could keep going, but. No, I just, I, I really loved hearing about your work and your process. And I think what's interesting about street photography or hearing your um, your take on it is that you're, you're patient. You sort of recognize there's something here, there's something that needs that extra bit, um, that extra bit of life or that bit of movement. And so you kind of just wait to see what develops. And I think that's really interesting. I, I feel like when I see a lot of street photography in my mind, I just imagine it's like on the run. It's, you know, shoot and go, shoot and go, shoot and go. And it's like, oh, I happen to get something. But it's, you can see the thoughtfulness and kind of like the, the patience in your work like there's it's like they still breathe with a life to them but they're they're a, a solid moment a complete moment thank you so much I, I, well, I, just yeah. as my last word like the last photograph that uh, one of my last the, the 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 balloon man and i have a bunch of versions of the balloon guy in black and white i followed mm-hmm. him for 30 minutes oh that must have been creepy <laughs> I, <laughs> did he notice <laughs> right I love that I picture. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm there's one in color further down, mm-hmm. um, which I called my urban angel because it looked like wings. But I knew I wanted him in a certain way. And I realized that when he hit the balloons, hit the light, right, it became this other other being. Yeah. And yeah, I'm. it's creepy when I follow them, but I don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I, well, all power to you. I, I, I'm inspired. <laughs> Um, I hope I hopefully too. people who listen will recognize how much, especially when with their phones and they're out on the street and they see something amazing. Some, but the thing that's amazing sometimes is just light and seen, and then they need to be patient. And as Suzanne likes to say, wait to make it great. You know, <laughs> just like hang out and see what happens in that amazing column of light in this amazing uh, uh, sort of tableau, and then they'll be surprised like wow it'll like how did you get such a, a guy in a top hat right there you know right so it's really beautiful beautiful photography thank you for thank you us. so very much Suzanne? thank you i really appreciate it yeah thank you nina um i guess i'll wrap it up our show is recorded and produced in san francisco go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes see photos and post comments please leave ratings and reviews on itunes or wherever you listen and don't forget to subscribe We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music, Nina for joining us in quarantine, and all of you for hanging out with us. Be safe. We appreciate your attention, and we hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time.